Welcome to episode 68 of the J-Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J-Bunny. Well, everybody, for this episode, I do another in-person interview, uh, this time with Rob Ewells, drummer for the bands Generation Kill and Evolution Empire. It was a great conversation with Rob. I will let you know ahead of time, give you a little bit of fair warning. We did record this on the sidewalk in New York City outside of the Gramercy Theater, so it's going to be noisy, but it's not unlistenable. It is definitely, you can you can hear us clearly most of the time. And we had a great conversation about Rob's bands and, and his career. And it was interesting to find that he was in a band that I had seen live a long time ago before I knew him. It's interesting stuff. I really think that you guys are going to enjoy it. Without further ado, here's Rob. What's up, everybody? It is Jay Bunny. I am standing outside of the Gramercy Theater in New York City. Joining me today is Rob Ewells. How's it going, Rob? Hey, man. What's up, everyone? So how you been, man? How you doing? I'm good. Things are great. Uh, I'm on tour right now with Evolution Empire. It's one of the bands I play drums for. We're touring with Head VE, El Nino, and Drowning Pool. This is show number seven. Gramercy is 24 dates all together. So the first week is in the bag. Uh, it's going really well, you know. So tonight I thought was great. It's a typical New York crowd, like because it's kind of it's a new band. Only one song is actually released. There's a bunch of stuff that's not even out yet. So for people to kind of like hear it and get into it and react in New York, yeah. you know, it's my hometown. I'm the same way. Like people stand there with their arms folded usually. So yeah, yeah. It felt good to kind of get in here and there's some friendly faces and you know, it's been really fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear it, man. I, I, I was gonna say I've only heard the one song so far. Uh, and I'm hoping that there's more to come. There will be. Uh, I, we're supposed to be getting the pre-sale or the, the you know the pre-ad or whatever they call it uh, Tuesday for another single that's coming out Friday with a video. That one's called Under the Gun, and uh, we shot the video actually in a, an old police station. That was uh, this guy bought the police station, the whole town hall and everything, and he put all these rehearsal studios in there. And the jail is still there. So oh wow! When the director showed up, he was like. Um, we're using the jail. Like, why would we not use the jail? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we threw my kit in this huge cell and, you know, all this other stuff. And uh, the, the song is about, you know, a girl comes from a broken home and so forth and so on. So we had to kind of like, all right, well, we need a girl, obviously. So everyone's going, oh, you know, call this person, call that person. We made all these phone calls. Nothing was working out because I'm not from Texas. So uh, I go, I'm going to go to IHOP and pick up breakfast and I'll find her. And they were like, yeah, all right, whatever, IHOP. <laughs> and so I walked in there and there she was. She walked right by me. She was, you know, a perfect. She looked, you know, so I, I had the hostess call her outside. She thought maybe I had a complaint about her, her service or something. And um, I was like, you look like you could be our singer's daughter. And we're shooting a music video. So, you know, would you be interested? And she was like, hell fucking yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it actually worked out really well. So, uh, you know, she was better than I would have expected for someone who that day was, you know, serving up Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's cool. So that'll be out Friday, next Friday, I think. Excellent. Excellent. So to backtrack a bit, I first became aware of you when you around 2014 when you were in the band Generation Kill. I saw the band live for the first time, Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. But as far as I could find, just doing some research on you for the for the interview, you were in a lot of other bands before that. Uh, well, you know, I, I, when you get to be my age, <laughs> I mean, I started kicking around. My my friend who's actually here tonight, uh, he's one of my oldest friends, found a ticket, a handwritten ticket for a band called Soundstorm. I was in our first show at Nary's place in Staten Island. I was like 17. I wasn't even old enough to be in the bar. And, um, <laughs> dragged this huge nine-piece Starship drum kit in there, and we thrashed our faces off. And um, you know, I started off with all that stuff. I was in a band called Dirt Church after that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been kicking around in a bunch of different things. For yeah, a while. I, I saw that, and I assume that that's not. And it might be. I don't know. There was a band that I was aware of in like the Jersey scene, like early 2000s with the same name. I assume yep. it's not, is that the same no, band? The same band, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think we started in the 90s, in 92, 93, 94 maybe. Put a couple demos out, did some stuff, and um, you know, things, people kind of went their separate ways sort of for a while. And around the, you know, early 2000s, like two, 2003, I think it was, maybe something like that, whatever. We just kind of reformed a little and okay. did some gigs. It started off doing a benefit for a friend who, you know, a fallen friend. And 
we, we tried to, uh, you know, participate and, and raise some money for the family and it went really well and it felt really good and we had a great time so we kept doing it for a while. Okay. We put out a couple more songs and Just stuff. Like, I feel like I saw that band play like like local shows with some of my other friends' bands, Fuckface and yeah, Sufferance. Yeah, 100%. And then fuck I definitely... Face. and I, PH, Fuckface. Yes, face. yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we played... Yes, you saw, you saw us back then. And then I definitely remember seeing that band open for Overkill at the Starlet. Yep, Overkill. We also like, opened for Testament too. That um, was like, like 2006, I want to say. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun because <laughs> we we closed the show playing Rain and Blood. Yes, and, you did. Yeah, yes, and uh, you know that that was fun. It's actually there's footage of that on. on I had Facebook. no idea that you were in that. That's that so guy, weird. Yeah. Like it's funny is sometimes I'll go back and I'll look through CDs yeah. of like local bands that don't exist anymore, and it's like, oh, that guy was that guy that I know from this other thing was in this band back then. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I mean that was a great, that was a great show. It was a great crowd. Packed house. We went out right before them, and Slayer wasn't there. But we were as Slayer as they were going to get right, that night, so right, people right. went insane. Pits were it was crazy, so it was fun. So it's funny you knew you knew about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like like I said, I was like that can't possibly be the same band, oh, could it? Same guy, <laughs> That's same awesome, guy. man. So that was sort of what you did before Generation Kill, and I'm sure there was a lot more yeah, from I mean, what I could find. Yeah, you know, so I got I got started with all that. Tim McMurtry and I were aware of each other. We we kind of knew each other for a while. And we ran into each other somewhere, and he was like, "Hey, let's start something." Let's start working on you know some music, and we started writing songs, and we ended up doing um, Full Scale Riot. And we did like a five-song okay. EP with them, and we did a bunch of shows, and you know that kind of personality conflicts happen, and so forth and so on, like they often do right. in a band situation. And everyone went their separate ways. Generation Kill started, you know that did its own thing for a while, and when that seat was open, it was offered to me. And yeah, uh, how did that come about? Well, I mean, I guess you know personality conflicts like we just <laughs> yeah. said which seemed to be a running theme you know that just uh, it led it uh, there it is the seat was open and uh, I jumped in and when, when we did that we started writing the Fragile Mortal stuff because it was originally going to be Generation Kill DMC or G DMC Generation Kill uh, we wrote a song called Fragile Mortals and um, it just seemed like that was the right name for the project so we changed the song to Whispers of Death and we used um, the name Fragile Mortals so that came out I think that was 2015 I know. It's funny, my first gig with Generation Kill, we had already been writing the Fragile stuff. We never even played a show with the old stuff. So we got offered to do a basketball stadium in Colombia, like a headlining gig at the Boyaca Music Fest. Oh, wow. Boyaca Music Fest. So, but, you know, I get a call, like, yeah, you know, I just turned down a, a, a basketball stadium festival in Colombia. And I go, why? He's like, do you even know the old songs? I'm like, I've heard them. Like, why? When is it? He's like, this is Thursday. It's like Saturday. I go, oh, uh, <laughs> So the three days, ah, fuck it, let's do it. So <laughs> I had earbuds in my ears listening and writing and da 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 for you know, a couple days and we went and kind of knocked it out of the park. So well, there's footage of that online too. So that's nice. where the video for We're All Gonna Die was shot there. So that's actually the, the record before me. I wasn't actually the drummer on that, but I'm in the video. So. Right, right, yeah, I was gonna say, you, you, didn't, you didn't drum on those first two. But I drummed, on the, I drummed in Columbia on it and that's where they showed the footage. <laughs> so, you know, might as well, you know. Jim was a great drummer. That was a great album. I enjoy playing those songs a lot. And uh, he was just at the, uh, I think the the Metal Fest we played in Jersey and um, at in Teaneck. Okay, yeah. And you know it was great to see him. And I'm glad that uh, everyone's jubilant and jolly and, and gets along. And you know I'm really happy for him. He's doing the toxic stuff and the heathen stuff, and he's doing awesome. He's a great drummer. You know it's fun playing those songs. So. So you were talking about the, the Fragile Mortals a bit. Is, is that sort of over? or? I mean, it seems to be. You know, um, everyone kind of went their separate ways. I mean, you know, once in a while someone will mention it or, you know, hey, we should do another song or, you know, but yeah. I, I don't know how that would end up working out. So we're all kind of, um, I, I know Daryl's got a bunch of stuff he's working on now and yeah. we're pushing the new Generation Kill record and, yeah. you know, and I'm doing the, the um, Evolution of the Empire yeah. stuff. So yeah. it was a sort of it was interesting to see him sort of make the foray into metal because he did that with you guys. He did a song with Wayne Static. Yeah, yeah. And so it was cool to. He's a really talented guy, man. And, and it's funny, I guess all you need is passion. To right. Be, you right. know, he's talented in whatever he does because he's passionate about all of it. He would show up with nothing written down. He just knew what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to say. So when he would go, all right, run that again. I'm going to double this, double that, and you know, he just so much experience. He just knew exactly what he wanted to do. It was really fun working with him. So yeah. That's awesome. So, in 2016, you and Jason Trenzer and Rob Machete had formed the band The Pain Method. Yeah. Uh, when I had Rob on the podcast in 2018, he said that you guys had all quit Gen Kill. Can you kind of tell me about that situation from your well, perspective? I, I mean, listen, when you're in a band with somebody, everybody gets close. Right? They should. And it's sort of like personality conflicts sometimes happen. Sometimes outside influences get involved. 
uh, you know, sometimes someone zigs when they should have zagged, or you know, you know, whatever, whatever misunderstandings happen, egos and pride get in the way. Uh, you know, there's a million reasons why stuff like this doesn't work out. And uh, you know, I really enjoyed making that record. I put a lot of my heart and soul into it, and I know that everyone involved did. And um, you know, it, yeah, it sucks. You know, but and honestly, I wish everybody well. I have no ill will towards anybody, and and you know, I, I feel like you know, I could have handled things differently myself. But you know, we grow, we we learn, we we try to heal, we try to this, we try to that. You know, we're all a, a work in progress. So, <laughs> is that big enough for you? Well, I mean, it kind of sounds like you're, so. It, it kind of sounded like you were more talking just just to, to clarify a little bit because it sounded like you were kind of more talking about why pain method isn't really. A well, thing I mean, anymore. that's really it, it started and, off with why you know the why Gen Kill conflicts happened. People were angry with each other. Uh, Ill communication. You know, people. You know, some, one, some people get mad about certain things and they don't talk about it, and, and, yeah. and other people don't know. And then some. You know, before you know it, all you know things happen, and you know it's too far gone, and so forth and so on. And yeah. you know, wedges are, are pushed in between people, and da 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 da. It's like oh, you know, it's it sucks because I mean, in the end, everybody has been at one time. All the people in question were very close and cared about each other and right. wrote music together and were brothers in, in this. I mean, you, you can't... I've only been playing with these guys. I mean, it's been... We live in opposite ends of the country, so when we get together, it's it's sparse. But just getting together and creating music with somebody and traveling with them and, you know, being around them all the time, you do get close to them. And it's, I was going to say, you and Jay are back in Generation Kill now. Right. Well, I mean... And then there's a, you guys put out a new record this year. Yes, MK Ultra. So, yeah, we put that out. I think... It, how do we end up back in that situation? I mean, honestly, the people that are involved in it right now, I mean, we, we, you know, Jay's a great guy. I never had anything bad to say about the guy. And he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's got a huge heart. He's a really talented player. He's a kind person. Uh, he's got a master's degree in music. He's a, he's a great player. So playing with someone like that is a treat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead, do a solo. And I just like, go, you know, look at him, look at him go. So you know, and I think even then, like we, we did start to, we really had to talk about some stuff. And sometimes words, you open a wound, you clean it out, you let it heal. And you know now you have a little scar there, but it, you can move forward and stuff. But that's I think the problem is that sometimes when when some someone's not willing to do that, they're not willing to just say it and get it out and move on. And, and you know it makes it so you, you can't be in contact with the person anymore. That can be kind of sad. So uh, whatever that whatever happened, here we are. You know, and, and you know we all get along great. We did, we were all in Virginia shooting the um, into the black video, and we had a great time. Everyone was in a great mood. We were all having fun. It was great to be around each other. We hadn't been in the same room because of COVID and all for right, like a right. long time. So it wasn't, we weren't playing as, you know, you're shooting a video. You're not actually, right. we're in a field and getting mauled by mosquitoes. But, <laughs> and, and, you know, quote unquote, abducted by aliens. But, <laughs> but um, you know, it was cool all of us being on, with our instruments. And, and, you know, it took us a long time to create that because when you're working from different sides of the country, it can be hard to gel and get everything going but you know because right, dukes doesn't live around here anymore right no he lives in arizona uh, you know he's been he thinks he's coming up here soon but yeah i mean it, it, we had we need a good week or two to, to rehearse before show or something and yeah. you know everything comes right back so for the the, the new the new album is what, what can fans expect compared to the last two is it about the same is it um taking any change any turns or? Well, i mean i didn't play on the last one so that's going to be a little different i mean jim's a great player and he's got his, his own style and i've got what i do and i i pushed myself a lot in certain areas and tried some new techniques and stuff but during covid i was you know not, not a lot to do besides play drums and practice right, right, and, so right. forth and so on so I, I definitely was pushing myself to do things i've never you know there's some blast beats on this record that i've never really i mean i've messed around with that stuff but i've never been but i found some cool spots to put it in and you know um dukes would say there's a song called opiate of the misinformed masses on there and he was kind of like hey man just dig deep for your inner Stuart Copeland, you know, and uh, like, <laughs> I was like, all right, um, that that style of drumming I was doing on there was a little more similar to some of the stuff I did on Fragile Mortals and stuff. So I, there's some shifts of gears, like the other one, in that way it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride. There's ups and downs. I think the fastest song on there is probably a little faster, a little crazier than some of the stuff we've done before. And there's some, you know, there's some slower, you know, grooving stuff too. So lyrics, it, it's basically MK Ultra's that. Uh, government program where they were yeah, it was mind control. Yeah, mind control. Charles Manson. He was one of those experimented on in prison, and you know when he got out, we all know what happened. So there, there's a song called Mold of Clay and Kilcher too, and his there's samples of him talking in it and all. Dukes read the book. Uh, I forget the name of the book off the top of my head, but it talks about all that stuff and all the lyrics and stuff. So. 
crazy images. He's good at writing stuff that puts images in your mind. He's like he's a visual writer to me. So when he he says something, sometimes you don't want that image in your brain. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of wish you didn't think of that. You know, <laughs> he did that a lot on the fragile stuff too. He would say something, and I'm like, really, dude? But <laughs> he's very good at describing stuff and being being visual in it. So that's kind of you know where, where we kind of went with the stuff. So his his writing on it, I think, was really creative and he, he, he actually surprised me in some of the things he, the topics he was talking about um, there's some standout lines in there so so we've already touched a bit on evolution empire that's who you're here with tonight yes but can you tell me because i don't think that we've gotten there yet about sort of how that band came together because i know that in that, that video for example the bass player and guitarist are not yeah. members of the band well so um dave shibari i was working with him and um he was working with another band in, in Texas, and the, you know the singer. He was a good friend of his, and he was like, you know, I have this idea. You and him are kind of in a similar situation. We just came from other projects that you know were not really fulfilling or not weren't working out. So we got together, and you know, he had some some hooks and some ideas, and you know, we kind of pieced up some stuff together. We got in the room with Eddie Wall and, and Dave Shamari, and his name's Chris Roberts is the singer and me and we we just kind of hammered out seven songs we had you know we had choruses and hooks and you know we, we came up with that stuff that way and uh, I went and tracked the drums at the machine shop in Arlington Texas and um, yeah I mean it's been because of COVID it's kind of held it up a lot this stuff could have been out you know kind of a while ago but right. we, then we're looking for people to kind of flesh out the thing so right. um, Jerry Montano and Christian from Fear Factory Christian Old Wolvers uh, came in and you know we were working on, on we did a video with them and uh, we actually wrote a couple more songs with them, but those probably aren't going to be on the EP we're getting ready to release. But um, that, you know, like I said, COVID started happening. Jerry got busy. I think he's doing the Rap Bastard stuff now with um, CM Piercy and Christian and some Power Flow and, uh, you know, the stuff he's working on. Yeah. So Love that, Jerry. I love that both those dudes on the show at some point. Am I going to yeah. make that happen? Yeah, they're both great guys. It's funny, they're very different. You know, Jerry's very L.A. and It's funny, I took it off the... the the vest because the fucking strap in my bag and oh, yeah. it but there was a band that that he was doing for a while and of course now that i'm talking about it, the fucking name just popped right out of my fucking head but there was this band that he was doing and they were looking for like a, a street team and so like i joined the street team he sent me all these pins and stickers and shit and you can't think of the name of it i can't and i just had it and i fucking forgot it and like i said i took the pin off in the car because i didn't want to lose it I, uh, I have a sneaking feeling that if it's the band that I think it is. Death, something death. Jerry Montano. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was I'm fairly certain. So the, the, the band that I'm thinking about, they were, uh, they, they did, they, they did the Gigantor the one year that, that Hellia was on. And I could have. He was in Deadlights. No. no. Oh, no. This is going to bother the shit out of me. And then I'm going to look it up afterwards and mention it in like the, the outro because it's going to hurt the fuck out of me. That's funny. Well, you know, uh, either way. So it, it was Death Machine maybe? But like that was a cool band. It didn't seem to to, to go anywhere, and I, yeah. I, I'd like to. I, he's done a ton of things, but yeah, I'd love to ask him what what happened with that amongst all the other shit that he has he done. He would have a ton of fascinating stories for you. He, sometimes he'll go on a, like a tirade on his his Instagram stories, and he'll he'll just like page after page of interesting things about his life. And yeah, yeah. It's a fascinating life, that kid. So um, great guy. I really I really like him. I wish. Things could, you know, pan out a little bit differently, but the, the way things solidified now. Yeah, as I say, the guys that you have in the band now, how did yeah. how did you come to find well, them? Well, um, Terry Universal is another Dave Shamari uh, band. That right, right. Um, Sal is the, was the, the bass player. Yeah, Sal played bass, and um, Joe Dragon played guitar in that band. And I, I met them. They were touring. They did Summer Slaughter, and we were doing a show, and they came, and yeah, I met both of them. And we had some shows lined up to do the Il Familia tour. Uh, it was a few months back in Texas, and... Joe was going to jump in and play guitar. He's an amazing guitar player. He actually did the solo on um, the Fist of God song that's out there. And I was before I really, I mean, I met him, but he, he just said, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll do the solo. And I was like, way to solidify your, your fucking place in something, dude. Who's going to repeat that? He's, he's an amazing <laughs> player. And I mean, I know a lot of great guitar players. He's up there with all of them. He's amazing. So, um, Death Division was the band. Death that just, Division. That just popped into my head. All right, there you go. Yeah, I think I, I never heard them, but I, I did hear him talk about that. So, um, you know, so Joe was working on something that we needed to kind of find a bass player. We were working on, you know, it's not always easy, but Dave knows some, Shamari knows someone for, you know, uh, he's always got someone. Right, 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 right. He's, right. he's always got his fingers in the, in like the pulse of what's going on. So Sal, who plays guitar in El Nino now, he just, you know, he was playing bass in Terry Universal it was, and they work really well together. So it was sort of a no brainer. The, the singer, Chris Roberts, had, he got um, COVID really bad. Like he got it bad once, and the second time he got it really, really, really bad, and it was, you know, he was really, really sick. We had this tour lined up to go off in October. It got pushed off because 
really, honestly, a tour like this, a few canceled dates is all it takes for it to be, you know, to lose money. It's not profitable anymore. So there was a couple of, you know, markets that were starting to cancel some shows. So they decided to push it till now. But like I said, they, the singer, Chris, that he's my, kind of my partner in this thing, he's really, really sick. So he's leading up to this he was still not feeling up to singing and you know he, he'd asked for hey listen maybe we can get someone else to help out for the first couple of weeks and I'll see how I feel so Travis Travis uh, Neal he's the guy oh, that was on yeah, yeah, yeah. the second um, Divine Heresy Divine record Divine Heresy record and yeah. he was also briefly in a band based out of Jersey Second Skin yes he told me that yeah he's, I mean he's got a because I followed them from all kinds of weird connections. I followed that band <laughs> because their singer was in this other band called Bind, and then he left Bind right. and joined Second Skin. And yeah, Travis, did, he was their second singer, and now they got somebody else. Yeah. So he, you know, I didn't even, listen, Shibari says he can do it, he can do it. He sent me a couple things he'd done, and I, I had the first Divine Heresy record with Tommy Beck singing Bex, on it. Yeah. I didn't even know they put a second one out because I think it got shelved. Like, there's a couple songs that are available, and it yeah, didn't really I get mean, pushed. It, yeah, it didn't really get pushed. I mean, that seems to be the thing with any band, really, when you change singers yeah. at all. I mean, if you don't, not not, ever, not everybody can be fucking ACDC and, and, and do yeah. better with or, the new singers. Or Van Halen. Or, yeah. yeah. You know, I've heard the new, like, I mean, touring with El Nino and, and uh, Marcos is amazing. He's such a passionate dude. Another so, dude I'd love to talk to. I, I loved his, his other band, uh, uh, Shattered, Shattered Sun. Sun. He's a great guy. And he's so, he's just always having fun. He's always, always, like... Hugs you like it's your last night on earth, kind of a guy. Like, dude, come here. You met those dudes killed it tonight. when they played at the uh, fucking Mayhem. The last year they did the Mayhem Fest. Yeah, wasn't gonna go because I wasn't like super jazzed on the lineup, and like I won tickets. Oh, yeah. And they were like one of the bands that that going into it I was like, oh, these guys, these guys I like. Like yeah. most of the other bands, you know, wasn't feeling the the lineup, but but those guys are fucking awesome. I've seen them a few times. I saw them. The other times I saw them was with Testament and Exodus and Starland. Funny when they first started jamming with them, I, I wasn't really, I never heard of, of um, Shattered, Shattered Sun. Sun before, but I heard some demos of stuff that he sang on, and I was like, oh, all right, like you know, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing where this could go. And um, when they did the live stream, I was just blown away. So yeah. I, as it turns out, he's been a fan of Milenio since he was like a kid. So for him to get this gig, yeah, yeah, those songs are in his blood. So you can tell when he hits the stage. He's leaving everything. It's crazy, man. And I'm not, they're not paying me to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just seen them night after night after night. And he wasn't, yeah, last night, he, his strain was He wasn't feeling well, I heard on He wasn't Facebook. feeling that great. And like a couple songs in, it's like he just, the, I mean, the crowd, the crowd was insane. And them just screaming and, and giving him all that energy, he just came alive. And it was, he goes, my symptoms were gone. He goes, I couldn't believe it. He's telling me how he went from feeling like he wasn't even sure he could make the show to like, it's just once that, you know, once that. The lights drop and the song starts and everything's going. He's just, you know, it's pretty amazing. It was an awesome show last night. That's awesome, dude. So I'm going to ask you now the, the sort of signature question that I ask everybody that's okay. ever been on the show, which is how do you feel about the current state of where the music industry is, where, you know, nobody buys music anymore. Everybody subscribes to Spotify and says, oh, what are we going to pay for music for? Bands make all their money at the shows. Meanwhile, last two years of COVID, there have hardly been any shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, on one hand... <laughs> It sucks, you know what I mean? A, a band would put a record out if they sold 10,000 copies the first couple of weeks. You know, that helped fund their touring. That helped, you know, recoup some of the money they put out to record. That, you know, that was a little windfall of, of income coming in. And now, you know, even if they stream the same amount in a certain period of time, it still takes so much longer for that income to come in. So I don't know if they realize what they're, you know, when you're listening to Spotify, you're a little $9.99 a month, and they complain about that. Oh, I'm not paying for Spotify, da 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 But meanwhile, the, the amount of blood, sweat, and tears, and, and money that went into creating the, the music that they love, it, it's, it's just not fair. I, I really don't think it's fair. Hopefully, they'll do something about it, but the upside of it is you, you get to see in real time how people are responding. Almost like you can see which markets are, are, are listening and how the streams are going. And it's it's a weird way to have your finger on the pulse of, of your listenership. You right, know? right, it's, right. It's a little... it's. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's cuts both ways. Because I think it's great that you can see, like, all right, you know, 350 people in Sri Lanka listen to our song today, or this song, or this song is, you know, pulling ahead of that one, you know. It's kind of funny to watch that, that the way that happens. But at the same time, the fact that people are not getting compensated for the their hard work. And I've seen what they're doing now. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Machine Head live streams, like the, the happy hour he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. They, I haven't watched any of them, but I see that they've been doing them. Well, he started off with just him and an acoustic and doing his thing. And, and before they knew it, you know what? They started, they find this way to, like, you can send stars when you like it, like when you're clapping. It's almost like tipping them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess if you have a big enough a big enough viewership and there's enough people on there and they're saying even though like a hundred stars is like 50 cents 
but if enough people are doing it, you know, it's a way for people to kind of make a little money. And I guess in, in, in a way, it sort of connects you with your audience. Right, right. And since then, he's put some money into production, and sometimes he'll have the whole band on there, and I'll have like right. electric happy hour, and it's a, it's a cool thing. I feel like it's leading somewhere. I'm just not sure where. There's, I think there's a, a new platform. I don't know the name of it, but um, there's a new platform where it's that kind of thing where, listen, if you buy our record, if you're listening to our, our album and you really appreciate it, you could send send a tip to, to your favorite artist, you know what I mean? Help support their their craft, help pe- help people keep doing this and being able to make a living and feed their kids and put food on right, the table. Right. You know, touring is great, and it's there's no replacement for that feeling. You yeah. know, for that... I mean, our, our 25 minute set for 25 minutes of the day, nothing else matters. You're, you know, you're only in that song. Whatever stress led you there, or whatever, it just seems to melt away while you're playing. So uh, there's never going to be a replacement for that. And I think the same thing when I go see a band, nothing replaces that feeling of watching them do that live. Right. Right. You know? oh, absolutely. But you know, close that down. Give us a, another wave of whatever the, the next strain is going to be, or whatever, and and that's closed down. And you got a lot of people who are out of work. Right. Not just us, but all the people that are working yeah, the crew, the, 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 crew the, and, the drum tech, yeah. the this, the that, that, that are out there, you know, making a living doing this. You know, it, it's, it does, it kind of sucks. But Yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of, you mentioned the El Nino live stream. I know that a bunch of bands turn to that type of thing just to sort of, you know, to, to maintain contact with the fans, be able to give them an, that experience, you know, and, you know, by, by doing it in a way, like I know the El Nino one, you had to pay for like it was a concert, so yeah, yeah. they're still making money. Yeah. Um, you know, but I know that not all, not all bands want to do that. Not all bands think that it'll translate they have a hard time dealing with not having the person right there in front of them to connect with yeah. you know well I, in that case there was actually people i was in the room where there, there was a little bit of an audience there and we were cheering them on and yeah, stuff, yeah. but it wasn't um not the same it wasn't a club yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't it, it was close though you know and, and i can see how they they're they were getting a reaction to go off of but um it's not really the same thing and i, and I do know people like oh yeah they're charging for it i'm not paying for that you know kind of a thing and, I mean, it, I don't even know how much it was, but it wasn't a lot. No, it wasn't much. I, I don't remember either because it was like a year ago, but yeah. I know I paid. I was I like, mean, it wasn't as much as a concert ticket, obviously. I was I, like, oh, fuck. El Nino and Fire from the Gods and uh, Hyrule the Hero. Yeah, like, yeah. I like all those bands. Fuck yeah, I'll yeah, do that. Yeah. And, and I, I think when you're doing something, you're supporting people that you... I mean, I don't know about you, man. Well, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're the same, but when I, I, I can... You give me a record like the Snot record. Yes. Oh, God, that lived in my van for I don't know how long. I loved it. I listened to it constantly. I probably wore, I don't know how many uh, copies of Rain and Blood I wore out. But there's these um, records that, you know, Rust in Peace for some reason. That was the, the Megadeth record for me. I, I just, it was in my van. Was, I wore out how many cassettes of it. Like, they give us these gifts of music that it's like the soundtrack to my life at that moment. And right, that snapshot right. in time when I was... 19 years old, singing the top of my voice and, you know, whatever, and, and playing music and, and doing what I do, it, it was really important to me and it influenced me and it created some part of my life that I felt, um, you know, you get your emotions attached to that kind of stuff. So being able to, to support the people that are creating that for, for us is a great is a great thing. But when they, you know, when they take that away, you know, like, so I, I don't really know. What, what do you feel about the Spotify thing? I, I don't use it. No. I don't at all. Like, I, I still buy CDs, and, like, I, I've noticed more and more bands sort of telling me, and, and just, you know, my, my whole thing that I like to do is, you know, I and why I do this, and why I buy CDs, and why I go to shows, I like to support the bands that, you know, that, that make the music that I like. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get that, like, like you were saying before, you don't really get that with the Spotify streams, but at the same time, like, I see more and more bands saying, well, you know, it really helps us out if you pre-save if you add it to your playlist if you do whatever like this helps us immensely so i've considered making an account to start doing that it's really not my thing but if it, if that's what it takes to to help support to help get the bands the numbers they need to get the tours or whatever yeah. you know i'm still gonna buy the cds but yeah. if me creating an account and clicking a couple fucking things helps out then i might as well do it right <laughs> i guess yeah i mean i guess all that's like even like the youtube channel you subscribe you know, you like, you comment, like all that interaction, it, it gets the algorithm to recognize it as something of value. Right. And it will suggest it to people and it'll help build an audience. So, I, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, I, I'm a dinosaur, bro. I I, <laughs> I had cassettes, you know, I, I just missed the eight tracks, thank God, because those were terrible. But, you know, I, I'm learning, you know, especially because, you know, you're putting the music out, you got to learn about this and you got to know. So, um, what's well, funny too is you're getting this weird thing where, where although physical sales are not nearly what they used to be at the same same time there's this weird nostalgia thing like i was talking i, I doc coil on the show a couple yeah. episodes ago and he was telling me about how 
the the vinyl numbers they did on the new Bad Wolves record. I was like, how the like really like I don't get. And I said to him, I said, I don't get it. I know people that are, that that are younger than me that are that are buying vinyl, and I've just never I've never got it. Like, and I I, I can't get anybody to really get me to get it. But there's this weird like if you can see on my vest, I got this slash Miles Kennedy patch yeah, yeah. that came in their new album. I bought the right. deluxe version of that, okay. and that came with like a like a a, a cassette tape in it. Yeah. It was a CD and a book say. and a cassette tape and the patch. I was like, cassettes <laughs> are like the new thing now. So Josta was saying in the uh, selling Dukes that they sell tons of cassettes now. And I, listen, I had gobs of them. I had every Slayer cassette in triplicate or something, just in case one of them wore out and the other one melted <laughs> in the sun. I had all of that stuff back in the day. So I get it, but you know, being able to open it and, and you, you look at the artwork, you have a physical thing to read and reading the thank you list and reading all yeah, the, yeah. you know, seeing what the artist's nicknames for people are and all this other stuff. That was great. I remember being a kid and looking at Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap like that, you know, and, and seeing all the, the pictures of people with their, their eyes blacked out and, you know, all the, reading the lyrics and all that stuff. It kind of gave you a vibe of what the band was like. And what was, right, right. It just brought you into the experience a little bit more. So I guess maybe there's some of that. And, you know, I mean, you could put a lot of artwork on a, on a vinyl. On a vinyl. So. Well, yeah, that's what, well, that's, that's what Doc was saying. He's like, it's, he's like, he's like, I think the appeal for vinyl is it's just bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's bigger. Some people, for some reason, love the love actual the sound, sound of right. it, you know? I mean, there's, there's people put what they call the ass track on there. You know that, yeah, 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 sound. yeah, yeah. So it sounds like vinyl. Um, it, it's a thing, and I, I mean, it's just collectible stuff. If people, yeah. if if you like a band, you want to collect, you know, their shirts or their this or their that, whatever it is. So I mean, all that stuff is great to sell on tour because people are out. They want a, a token of the experience. Right. That's why the tour shirts, you know, with all the dates and the, you know the place. They're like, I was at that one. You know, yeah. people. It's. I mean, I remember getting my first show ever. My sister and her boyfriend took me to see. Judas Priest Turbo Tour. Nice. And I didn't know who they were. I was like 11 or 12 oh, wow. or something like that. And um, I got a shirt, though, and I was like, I was at that show. Like, you know, and, and I, I became a fan after that because, I mean, I saw it. Docking opened up for them. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I was, I saw it so funny to date myself. But, yeah, it was crazy. But that, you know, I, that was an experience that really cha- maybe changed my life. I don't know. You know, I was already playing drums at that age. But um, to see that on that level... You know, even now, Priest is still that. Yeah. That what was funny is, is that for me, because I, I, I didn't know. I thought we were closer in age than we actually are. I just found out your age, like, what you guys were playing. Jake told me. Oh, right, right. But, like, my, the first time I saw Judas Priest was when they played the Ozfest in 2004. Oh, okay. And I just remember, like, the only <laughs> the, the only song that I had known was, like, Breaking the Law. I was Breaking like, I don't know. That song's... Yeah. I don't know Some about that. Probably, I was like, I don't right? know that. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. And then I saw them. I was like, holy fuck, this band is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I've become a massive fan of them ever since that show. Yeah. You know what's funny is he, um, I, I don't know, I posted a picture with my cat or something. I have two cats, Taz and Boo Boo. Shout out to the kitties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I posted a picture of them and, like, underneath of it, it's like Rob Halford Legacy with, like, a microphone and a cat and then devil horns and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, Rob Halford Legacy, what the hell is that? Like, so I click on it and there's, like, I don't know, 300,000 followers. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty big fan account. And then I'm like, so I go and I, I like like a picture of him and Carrie King and I like a picture of him and you know whoever and I just yeah whatever I like it. So then I get a direct message from him. He's like, you know, I in the English, right, Rob, it's this is you know the metal god, you know, and he's talking to me. I'm I'm reading it in his <laughs> accent. He's like, yes, it's really me, you know, uh, you know, I, I see you're making new new music with Generation Kill, and you know, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wow. what the? you know. So when they played here, uh, I'm friends with Michael Lago, and they are kind of know each other. So we all went, and I, we got to see them play live, and we went back, and their 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 green room has like organic. You know, you know, all really good, healthy food. Not like most more. You go back and there's a couple pizzas and stuff. Right, right. Like, we ate like kings back there. It was great. But um, it's interesting. You know, I, I didn't really think that was really him. But <laughs> <laughs> so once in a while, I get like a Merry Christmas from him. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if it's Merry Christmas. To me. I'll screenshot it and send it to the guys. They're like, that's crazy, dude. You know, t- trends are, dude, that's crazy. So um, yeah. Anyway, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's my that's my Rob Halford story. <laughs> so. In addition to music, you know, you've also done bodybuilding and you have some acting credits under your belt. Can you tell me a bit about those facets of your career? Um, I mean, I started competing in 2003. I had been, I was into working out and stuff, and I'm one of those kind of people that if I'm kind of good at something, I want to see how good I can be at it. And um, I met a guy, uh, Maz Ali, who was owns a gym in Patterson, and it turns out he's a bodybuilding coach and, and a promoter. And um, when I met him, he was, you know, wanted me to do one of those competitions. I was like, I'm not doing that. 
He was like, well, why not? I go, I'm not wearing that little getup on, you know. <laughs> he was like, well, you're not going to be at, like, Walmart wearing that. You'll be on stage with other athletes, and they'll be fans of the sport. And if you do everything I say leading up to that, you will not be worried about what you're wearing or any of that stuff. So, and he was right. And I did it, and I did well at it, and it made me want to, it caught the bug. And I ended up, you know, from that, you know, I did a bunch of, you know, muscle and fitness cover, this, that, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And I got into some acting from doing that. There's a movie called Off Season, that I, like a short that I, I played. Um, his name was Donnie, and he was like an ex, ex-cop, wanted to be a bodybuilder, and, you know, it's a whole thing. But got into doing that, and I guess those two things sort of lent itself, because they're looking for people that look like that I, you know. A lot of people that looked like I did couldn't act, and a lot of people that can act don't look that way. So I had a little bit of a niche thing. So it led to, you know, me getting a few acting credits. So I was in The Sitter, which I want to build for a full two seconds <laughs> that kind of thing you know but um yeah it was fun i did it for a good amount of time i turned pro i did a couple of pro shows and i just i didn't lose interest i just i just I, you know i was getting more back into music i was doing the generation kill stuff and um that was pretty much around the same time and it's hard to do some do two things that require a lot of your attention and a lot of your passion at the same time. See, so. and that was what I was going to ask, is if you were still doing those things, like, how is it to split your attention? But I guess you're, it sounds like you're not really splitting your attention. You're well, kind of just well, I mean, I did it a little bit. You know, when I was doing the full-scale riot thing with Timmy, I was sort of doing both. And it's just, you know, bodybuilding takes so much of your time and so much of your energy. Every Everything you eat all day. It's not the sport like you go, you play, you go home, and you live your life. Like, everything you eat, everything you do, cardio twice a day, all that kind of stuff, it's a lot. If you're doing it on that level, it's a lot. And, um... It's and I love it. I did a lot. I did it for a long time, and it was fun. I got a lot of things out of it. You know, a lot of great memories. I met a lot of great people, but you know, it didn't feed the the other side of me that music does. So I still go to the gym. I still train. I was gonna say you're you're still in fantastic shape. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, for 48, I think I'm doing all right. You know, you know? but um, <laughs> it's it's part. Of, if I don't do that, I I it's definitely you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna look like me. Yeah, no, my, <laughs> my mood suffers. I get more from like you know. There's studies have shown that you know exercise works better than like Prozac on people that are. So if you're used to getting that and you stop, you know, you'll feel like hey, something's not right. Like I'll be like, oh, man, I gotta go get a workout in, you know, and, and like leave. I feel better so a lot of times um, you know that's why the one of the reasons why I still do it but of course you know just part of, still passionate about it I just I can't I don't want to every waking moment to be about right that, right you know? so anyway. figure out it all little tiny you can only eat this much and all <laughs> no that. I ate a lot of food it was just I was always eating things I didn't want to eat and I could never eat any of the stuff I did want to eat so yeah. you know <laughs> like shoveling all kinds of you know big meals multiple times a day it wasn't like I was starving but like, trust me but you know, you get tired of the same food. I was eating the same things all the oh, time. Oh, I get that, so. dude. I, you know, like I said, I'm not in shape, but I was told that I needed to lose weight because I need. I've been having bad back issues, and they're like, "Well, we want you to lose 50. You need surgery, but we want you to lose 50 pounds first. I was yeah. like, "Well, I'm gonna lose weight if I can't really exercise because I'm in all this pain." Right. They're like, "Well, you gotta change up your diet." So I've been probably eight months straight. I ate nothing but salad. Got sick of fucking salad, uh, so yeah. now I eat a lot of rice. But it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of apps. There's an app called Carbon Diet Coach. That guy, Lane, Lane Norton, he's a PhD in, in uh, nutrition. He's always, his page, I mean, I'm not also not being paid. I don't know the guy at all, right, but right, right. I follow him. He's always got some, like, whatever the new fad diet is, he'll tell you the real research about it, what the real studies have said. And, um, you can, I, I, I trust that the stuff that he's reporting on is, is fair and, and true and um, they, the carbon diet coach thing I have a friend of mine that's using it and she lost about 14 pounds just from it helps you track what you're eating it, it helps you figure out how much you need and, and when what you don't and it doesn't restrict you to only certain foods right, just, right. You know, so it's an interesting fix for that for someone who's not really sure because there's a lot of misinformation no no I'm just eating butter and bacon bro I'm gonna lose all that <laughs> weight you know they, you know it's true I'm telling you people no it's also so many carbs I'm good but you know that's not a healthy way to do it either if no. you're trying to be healthy and lose weight and change your cholesterol numbers and, and have healthy blood work come back there's there's definitely some stuff out there to help so that's yeah. something we'll get to but. No, I'll have to look into that yeah so that's that's about all I've got the only thing the only you know the, the closing question that I again kind of ask everybody is what's next for you and I mean you're on tour right yeah. now you guys you, know, you kind of touched on you only got one song out but there's more to come do you guys have like a yeah. timeline for uh, that, well or? so I think Tuesday you, know, you said yeah you said yeah, Tuesday we're announcing uh, that we're going to release the pre-release for uh, Friday's song and I think the the other seven songs are going to there'll be a pre-release that Friday I think you know they'll be up and you know pre, pre-add or whatever the the pre-save that yeah that whatever <laughs> pre uh, and so yeah, so that sh- those seven songs should be out hopefully before this is over, so we can promote it and get people to you know 
hear it and whatever. But um, there's that, and I think Generation Kill is talking about doing it. It's totally tentative, but sometime, maybe July-ish, there's going to be a couple weeks of a, a, a possible East Coast tour with Dead by Wednesday, maybe. Oh, cool. So cool. I do, like, maybe, like, Florida and back or something or whatever. I'm not really sure. The logistics have not been hammered out yet but uh, you know we all kind of agreed it would be fun and be a good thing to do and, and just get out and promote the new, the new record and stuff yeah. on top of that there's also some other talk that um, I mean I, I don't know if you've seen any of the Dukes and Zetro podcasts but there's they're constantly bringing up touring with Exodus because it would be cool to have oh, yeah, that'd be Dukes s- jump up and do you know some yeah. of the Dukes era stuff and you know we can kind of warm them up and that, that would be a lot of fun so yeah that'd be awesome yeah that'd be great hopefully well, that's what's next cool well hopefully you know if you guys do that if you do do that east coast gen kill tour you know hit somewhere in jersey dingbats yeah maybe. i'm sure i'll listen I, I i don't doubt that 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 would be a thing so i love it mean, it's kind of the home the hometown spot right 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 you know <laughs> you don't want to be the house band there but you know you definitely you definitely <laughs> need to, to the sound is great the people are great you know yeah, freddie's he's, awesome he's always been great he's just us. up there on saturday don't worry who'd you see are you familiar with there was this guy who was a pro wrestler enzo amore no so he was a he was a WWE wrestler, okay. and then he he left WWE. He still wrestles in the Indies. He started first. He started at like just doing rap, and then he got to, together with some guys, you know, in the Jersey okay. rock scene. And now they have a, a rock band. So he goes by the name he, when he started rapping. He started calling himself the real one. And his gimmick when he was ready, because he had like a real like Jersey Shore kind of gimmick <laughs> in wrestling. And so his catchphrase was, how you doing? How so you doing? so his band was the how you doing band. So they played a dingbats on the Saturday. How you doing band, play dingbats. <laughs> okay. So that was, was pretty good? cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's cool. yeah. There you go. Excellent. I mean, it's... The, the one thing I thought about was um, so Evolution Empire went out with it was El Nino, King Ant One O, a Pond Burning Body did a few shows with us, and Insight. Okay. And I thought we were getting a rotten fruit thrown at us because uh, this band is definitely a little more of a commercial foray. You know, it's like yeah, really. I was, when I, as I was watching you guys play, you know, I was really thinking like like some of those songs, you know, could be like. You know, up there on like the the like, Sirius like XM Octane. Octane, yeah, that's yeah, sort the, of the that's sort of the countdown. vein a little bit. You know, and Travis has definitely brought a little bit of a heavier edge to the vocals, which I, you know I like. This is great. You know, Chris is going to jump in. Hopefully, he's feeling better uh, in Colorado. But I, I was surprised. All those shows, nobody, everyone was into it. They were moving around. It seems like people like when we were. I don't know. When I was younger, if you liked death metal. You hated everything else. If you liked thrash, you were like, ah, you know, or people that liked stuff that was more commercial, hated all that kill your mother shit, or the all that you know that headbanger stuff or whatever. Now it seems like people just want to hear good music, and if they're out and there's a band and they're 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 putting everything out there for them, people. I was surprised how receptive. Like I figured, if you like King and I love King and Wano, they're great. But if I figured if you were there to see them, you're not gonna want to see what we're right. doing. But those people were all into, it. and they would come up to us afterwards, and they bought they bought shirts, and they followed us, and you know commented, and they would post videos and tag us in it and stuff. It was really cool, man, and it was nice to see a, a reaction that that's not so esoteric. Like people are usually just you know I only like this, but it seems like nowadays right. the scene is. I'm surprised some of the younger people like that. There's a girl that works at the diner that was like, I would never have expected her to. She's like, What do you mean? I gave her the new disc because I thanked the, 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 the people from Chit Chat Diner uh, on that. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's like, it's, Oh my God, you thanked us. So I go, I'm just going to prepare you. You know, it's a little heavy. You know, so she was like, Oh, whatever. So she was like, Oh, I like that one song with da 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 da. I was like, You do? She was like, Well, I was at the August Burns Red concert not that long ago. I was like, You like that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> You know, there's a younger crowd that's into it, and they're not only into one thing anymore. Like you know, so and you can't tell by their denim jacket with an upside down cross on the back, or their <laughs> you know their their black you know eyeliner. It could be anybody that's into this kind of music because it's not so brand new and taboo anymore. You know what I mean? So right, right. it's cool to be able to uh, you know, it, it's not so stereotypical anymore. So that was what I was surprised about. I think. Wow. All right, man. Well, I, I really want to thank you for your time and for being on the show. Thank you guys you. had a great fucking set tonight. And like awesome. I said, I look forward to, to seeing what else you guys do. Cool, man. Excellent. Take care.
And from the album MK Ultra, that was Generation Kill with the song Into the Black. I want to thank Rob for being on the show. If you want to follow Generation Kill on social media, you can follow them on Facebook at Generation Kill Official, on Instagram at Generation Kill Band, and on Twitter at underscore Generation Kill. Also, don't forget to follow Rob's other band that he's currently on tour with, Evolution Empire. You can find them on Facebook at Evolution Empire and on Instagram at Evolution Empire Official. And if you want to follow Rob's personal pages, you can follow him on Facebook at rob.yules, Y-O-U-E-L-L-S, dot athlete, and on Instagram and Twitter at Rob Yules. Don't forget also to follow the J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. Just search J Bunny's Music Hub. And also, if you believe in supporting music like I do by buying it, make sure to follow at Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and post or tweet your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. As for what is next for the show, I may or may not be doing an interview this weekend. As always, I'm not going to say who with, just in case it doesn't happen. Nothing is confirmed as of yet. It is a big fat maybe. Don't have anything else specific on the schedule, but I do have a couple of people that I need to reach out to to set things up for, so there's definitely going to be more stuff coming. Been going to more shows lately now that those are happening. I'm going to be, as of the release of this show, I'm going to be at Dark Side of the Con this weekend in Parsippany, New Jersey. See a bunch of you know goth and industrial acts, including former guest on the show Orgy, so that's going to be fucking awesome. Might be going to see In This Moment in May. I don't have anything set up with them for a podcast, but that's just going to be a fun concert. Going to be going to see the Trinity of Terror Tour in mid-April with Black Veil Brides, Ice Nine Kills, and Motionless and White. And then again later in April, going to be seeing Black Veil Brides again with Godsmack and Three Days Grace. So, a bunch of stuff coming up. Glad that life is starting to get back to normal a little bit. I'm going to leave you guys today with, we mentioned a couple times in the show that Evolution Empire had a new song coming out. Uh, So I'm going to leave you guys today with that new song, which is out as of today. It's a new single called Under the Gun. Until next time, guys.